the Bible Study Podcast, episode 275. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the kingdom of God. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. This is part 10 in a study on the kingdom of God, and today we're going to finish up two more sets of verses in Luke, and these are going to be dealing with the end times. We're going to start in Luke 21, verses 5 through 36, the destruction of the temple and signs of the end times. Some of his disciples were remarking about how the temple was adorned with beautiful stones and with gifts dedicated to God. But Jesus said, as for what you see here, the time will come when not one stone will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. Teacher, they asked, when will these things happen, and what will be the sign that they are about to take place? He replied, Watch out that you are not deceived, for many will come in my name, claiming I am he, and the time is near. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and uprisings, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines, and pestilences in various places places and fearful events and great signs from heaven. Before all this, they will seize you and persecute you. They will hand you over to the synagogues and put you in prison, and you will be brought before kings and governors, and all on account of my name. And you will bear testimony to me, but make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves, for I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents, brothers and sisters, relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. Everyone will hate you because of me, but not a hair of your head will perish. Stand firm, and you will win life." When you see Jerusalem being surrounded by armies, you will know that its desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judah flee to the mountains. Let those in the city get out. Let those in the country not enter the city. For this is the time of punishment and fulfillment of all that has been written. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. There will be great distress in the land and wrath against this people. They will fall by the sword and will be taken as prisoners to all the nations. Jerusalem will be trampled on by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Now, so far, as we get through verses 5 through 24, we could easily be talking about the time period when the destruction of the temple and the destruction of Jerusalem will happen under the time of the Romans. So all of that has been predicted so far will happen in the next, say, 35 years from the time that Jesus is talking. There will be persecution. Some of them will be put to death. There certainly will be wars and violence and uprisings and all of those sorts of things will happen. And Jerusalem will be surrounded by armies. So this passage that we're talking about here has been interpreted one of two ways, either that it's already happened in our time frame or that it's still to happen. But up until this point, we haven't gotten anything that couldn't already be attributed to a time that has already happened. But we go on from here 
and we get through verses 25 through 35. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehension of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. He told them this parable, look at the fig tree of all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and anxieties of life, and the day will close on you suddenly like a trap. For it will come on all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen, and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Now, part of the confusion that has come from this passage, again, is it seems to be talking about two different events. And as Jesus says, these things will happen before this generation passes away. That's true for the first set of events, but we haven't seen it be true for the second, so we're not sure quite what happened here. We know that there was con- some confusion w- about when Jesus would come again, and that people expected him sooner rather than later. But all of these second set of verses here appear to be talking about a time that has yet to happen, a time when the heavens will be shaken. Now, why doesn't Jesus be more clear? Why doesn't Jesus say, as some people have said that he has said, you know, on next Tuesday at three o'clock that Jesus is coming again. Why does he talk in such cryptic language when he could be more clear? Well, one is we read in other passages that the father alone knows the time. So that's one reason. But the other is this is a warning that is intended for all of us throughout the ages. This, be careful, your hearts will be weighed down with carousing drunkenness and then the anxieties of life, and that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. We talked last week about the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, or the people of Noah's day, who were living their lives. We focus in on the bad things that they were doing, but some of the things they were doing were just normal, everyday stuff, the anxieties of life. And they were being married and given in marriage, they were eating and drinking, they were planting and reaping, and all of those normal sort of things up until the day of the flood, or up until the day of Sodom and Gomorrah's destruction. And similarly, we don't know that we will be around when Jesus comes again or whether that will happen after our lifetimes, but it sort of doesn't matter because we all will have a judgment day. And whether that be next Tuesday at 3 o'clock or whether it be two years from now, Jesus wants us to live in a state of readiness. And that has been one of the reasons I think that he doesn't specify, oh, don't worry about it to the disciples you're going to have some persecutions. You're going to go through some rough times. But then things will get better, and 2,000 years from now, two, 3,000 years from now, I'm going to come back. I think that there's a reason why there is this tension held in the Bible of when Jesus is going to come again. As they watch Jesus depart in the clouds on the day of ascension, they're told by angels, why do you look here? He's going to come back in the same way. He's going to come back in a way, as we were talking about last week, that's going to be obvious. 
So when we talk about the kingdom of God, and notice the reference to the kingdom of God in here, because that is what we're studying. And the reference here was the fig tree, looking at the fig tree. And certainly when you see these things happening, you know the kingdom of God is near. So again, we had the kingdom of God being at hand. We had the kingdom of God is in your midst. And now we also get that the kingdom of God is yet still not here right? Here, not here. Present, not present. Visible, not visible. There's these conflicting things somewhat, but I think what this says, remember as we pray the Lord's Prayer, we pray that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that day is coming, but obviously it is not, but I don't think it's coming all at once. There's a great big day that will happen where it will come all at once. But until that time, God is working his purposes out through you and I, in you and I, to make his kingdom come today for you, tomorrow for me. That he is working to make his purposes fulfilled through us and in us and that that work will be complete on the day of judgment. That work will be complete on the, on the coming of the Son of Man. So again, there is this nature of the kingdom of God is in your midst, the kingdom of God is here, the kingdom of God is still coming. And these verses focus on the still coming. And they talk about all sorts of scary things. They talk about a world that is going to be in fear because even the sky will appear to be shaken. And they talk about persecution and they talk about people being delivered over. And through all this is this word of hope that... Some of you will die, but not a hair on your head will perish. (laughs) I'm not sure that that's really all that comforting. But what he's really saying is stand firm and you will win life. They can't take from you what I can give you. They can't take from you the life that I can give you, Jesus is saying to them. That you're going to go through some rough times, but just think of the reward on the other side. Just think of what you're going to gain. And then let's go up here to Luke 22, and this is the story of the Last Supper. I'm not sure if you remember the references to the kingdom of God in Luke's account of the Last Supper, but let's read this. Luke 22, verses 7 through 30. Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare for it? They asked. He replied, As you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters, and say to the owner of the house, The teacher asks, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished. Make preparations there. They left and found things just as Jesus told them, so they prepared the Passover. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer, for I tell you I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you, for I tell you I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. But the hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine on the table. The Son of Man will go as it has been decreed, but woe to that man who betrays him. They began to question among themselves which of them might be who would do this. A dispute 
arose among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. Jesus said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. You are those who have stood by me in my trials, and I confer on you a kingdom, just as my father conferred one on me, so that you may eat and drink at the table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. This is the last references in Luke to the kingdom of God, and it is this reference here to the Last Supper. And the two things that we get that are direct references here are Jesus talking about this is the bread and this is the wine and this is the Passover meal that they're celebrating. Remembering they're celebrating when God's spirit, when the angel of death passed over the home of the Israelites, of the Hebrews, when they were in Egypt. And the firstborn of the houses of the Egyptians that were not protected by the blood of the Passover lamb were killed. And so the angel of death passed over these houses. So they ate the blood of the sacrifice of the lamb, and the lamb had to give its blood to protect them. And in a similar fashion, Jesus is just about to become the second Passover lamb, the lamb that will protect us from our sin, that death will pass us by, or that God will look down on us, and what he will see is he will see the blood of the lamb. And so we won't suffer the penalty that our sin is due, that is, that we have earned because of our sin. And so as Jesus is about to become that sacrifice, he says, I'm so glad that we can finally do this. I've been looking forward to this, and I won't eat this again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God, until that final sacrifice that the Passover lamb had always foreshadowed this Passover lamb being a type of what Jesus is to become the next day, the sacrifice by which we are saved. He says, until that finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God, I won't drink of the fruit of the vine again. I won't drink this wine until the kingdom of God comes. And then they they have dinner. He does the, the breaking of the bread. He does the sharing of the wine with the words that are probably very familiar to all of you. And then two interesting discussions happen. One is he says, someone's going to betray me. And they're quickly talking about, well, who's it going to be? Well, it's not going to be me. I think it's going to be you. I don't think it's going to be me. And then they very quickly go from there with, you know, it's not going to be me because, you know, I'm really probably the greatest of the whole team here. Well, I don't think you're the greatest. You know, I think I'm the greatest. It just sounds ridiculous to hear about this argument, but the apostles are arguing which of them is the greatest. And Jesus talks, tells them it's all about serving. And the other accounts talk about Jesus, you know, taking off his robe and putting on a towel and, and washing their feet and, and really demonstrating what a servant was. This one doesn't talk about that particularly. But it does talk about servanthood. It says you are not called to rule over people like the Gentiles do. You're not called to lord over people. You're called to be their servants. But he also says, he looks right at them and says, I'm going to give you a kingdom. You're going to be ruling over the 12 tribes of Israel. But remember, he's saying, I'm not giving you authority to rule over people. I'm giving you authority to serve. But I'm also giving you this kingdom. 
God has given it to me and I'm giving it to you. So we've been talking about the kingdom of God. These verses talk about a kingdom of God that invites us to join and invites us to take part, to take part as Jesus did in service of others as Jesus did. And with that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Dedicating time each day to spend feeding our minds and our hearts the truth of God's Word is immensely helpful in our growth as followers of Christ. I'm John Stonge, and each day I host a show called Daily Devotions with Pastor John. On the show, I spend just a few minutes taking an applicational look at one or two verses of Scripture before coming to the Lord in prayer. If you'd like to make a habit of spending more time meditating on the truth of God's Word, You can listen to Daily Devotions with Pastor John at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.